your prospective client coming to your website has no idea what these images are of. Like obviously it's a house or living room or living space. They get that and it's beautiful, but what did you do? And why did this client hire you? What was their experience? What was the scope? You know, where was it located? You know, how are they happy? Like do you have a testimonial in there too? So really telling a story there that goes alongside the images. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. If you're new to the show, you might not know that I am an interior designer and I was doing full-time design in Miami, Florida for Darla Powell Interiors before doing Wingnut Social. And I have to tell you, I relied on Article Furniture, article.com, for a lot of my projects. Our clients were extremely happy with the quality, the beauty, and the fast shipping, and they photographed insanely well. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last. And they have pieces at every price point. So if you're doing a little bit of high-low design action there and you need some really stylish pieces delivered on top, Time. Believe it or not, they have stuff in stock. I know that's hard to believe in this day and age. Article.com is for you. Consider them a trusted partner, not a vendor. Transparency, deadline support, and full project guidance because Article understands that the design process needs end-to-end support and they deliver that in spades. Article is offering our listeners an exclusive offer. When you sign up for the Article for Trade program at article.com slash article for trade, you'll get free shipping on your first order. You can't beat that with a stick. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. And did I tell you they have stuff in stock? (laughs) That's so important. Go and sign up today. Hi there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking about your website, why it sucks and how to fix it <laughs> with Katie O'Brien of katieobrien.com. You want to stay tuned for that. There's a lot of advice and tips and tricks. And if you're thinking about redoing your website, Katie walks us through some serious signs and tips that you need to look at and you will know yeah, I need to do that bad boy. Or maybe, maybe you're in really good shape. Anyhow, tons of information coming your way. But first, we have housekeeping. So, uh, of course, Wingnut Academy, it's launching any minute now. We are awaiting the, we're like pensive fathers in the labor room, (laughs) awaiting the birth of that bad boy. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, so you can get the notifications for when that launches. That's going to be online courses on strategy and theory and how-tos for social media, SEO, all things marketing for your interior design business, because we understand that there are those of you in the audience who maybe aren't ready to delegate that out, right? Whose business isn't at that stage. And we want to help you get to that stage. So be sure to check that out. Wingnut webinars, our monthly webinar series. Our very next one is May 24th at 11 a.m. Guest is still TBD. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but you can go and uh, go to again to Wingnut Academy, pull that little drop down and sign up for updates for that as well. 
or follow us on Instagram. And remember, we are doing a contest on Instagram for three lucky designers to win a free Instagram for Interior Designers course, our very first course that we're launching with Wingnut Academy. So follow us over there on Instagram at Wingnut Social. All right, that's it for housekeeping. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right, this week we welcome back Emily Lisi, digital manager extraordinaire for Wingnut Social to the mini news sesh. Emily, shockingly, Instagram news, go. Yeah, so recently the head of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, announced an update to the way Instagram is going to be ranking content moving forward. And that would be ranking original content higher than reposted content. So Adam himself said, quote, if you create something from scratch, you should get more credit than if you are resharing something that you found from someone else. As such, we're going to do more to try and value original content more, particularly compared to reposted content. Wow. Okay. So they're really, really trying to get you out there and make your own stuff. What does this mean? What does this mean for us as interior designers and architects? So some points that he mentioned were that content edited outside of Instagram and then uploaded to the app won't be penalized under this change. So they're really just trying to prioritize content that you've created originally. And they also look at the posting history of the account. So they're really going after content aggregators. And what content aggregators are, are accounts that are mainly or completely just reposting other people's content. Oh, okay. Like just inspo feeds and that's all they do is reach. Okay. Okay. So if you want to post someone else's work, let's say, for example, an aspirational designer, Kelly Wurstler says, Darla, go ahead. I would be honored if you shared my post, which by the way, as an aside, she has thanked me for sharing her stuff. <laughs> that was a little fangirl moment. I took it outside of Instagram and, and, and uploaded it then with her proper attribution. You think that's good to go? Or would that get flagged somehow in that algorithm? That's where it gets hazy because Adam himself said the system isn't perfect. Basically, he admitted that Instagram can't know for sure if content is original or Mm. not, but they build what they call classifiers to predict how likely something is to be original. So it is kind of hazy there. I would say just going off of the way they're presenting this, that reposting her post, even though she granted you approval to repost Mm -hmm. it, hers in theory should perform better than yours that you are reposting. Okay, that makes sense. Well, yeah, it would anyway, because she has 400,000 followers. (laughs) (laughs) Or some some crazy number like that. Yeah. I will say though, don't let this make you afraid of using user generated content, also known as UGC. Okay, because we do see designers And we do encourage designers to use UGC. It's really going to come down to measuring the impacts of this change versus the benefits of posting the UGC. So even if there is a decline in reach of UGC, that doesn't mean you should stop using it altogether because it's still going to have some benefit. And actually, so far, the Wingnut team here hasn't seen any trends on our own client accounts that show a difference in performance between UGC Mm -hmm. and original content. So that's something that we're going to be keeping an eye out for as time goes on. All right. Good to know. It is something I think it's important to track. I will say that I'm not mad to see that they're buckling down on the aggregators. I'm sure if you're listening, you have received that, hey, for 25 bucks, I'll share your post and get, (laughs) which is crap. Don't do that, by the way. Yeah, those just seem kind of like a waste of life. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, cool. Thank you for that information, Emily Lisi. Now get back to work. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Thanks. Many new sash. Yeah. All right, now let's get into my chat with Katie O'Brien. But first, you know, I got to tell you all about the lady. Katie O'Brien is a brand and website designer specializing in elevated branding and fuss-free websites for interior designers. Her superpower and passions are building strategic digital homes that support interior designers' business and lifestyle goals. Her streamlined 30-day process and long-term care plans go the extra mile, elevating her craft from artful deliverable to a service that prioritizes you. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Katie O'Brien to the show. Hey there, Katie O'Brien. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Good to be here. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about websites. It's been a minute since we've talked about website uh, performance and branding and design and all that good stuff. So you are the girl to talk about that. Before we get into our conversation, just tell the audience just a little bit about your background, what makes you an expert in this, and we'll dig in. I am a brand and website designer, specifically for interior designers and those in similar industries. And I have been building websites Well, my first website I built in 2011 for my own business when I had a professional coaching business. And then uh, motherhood invited a pivot in that business um, into website design. And that was in 2016. So I have been building websites and doing digital marketing, online business, kind of all of that since then. Oh, wow. Since 2011. Yeah, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, just a couple years ago, which, but no. (laughs) I saw a meme the other day that said, oh, you know, um, I saw something that happened in the 90s. Oh, that was only 10 years ago. I am right there with you. You know, ouch, I I hurt my own feelings by reading that meme. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. First of all, I want to ask you, what is the platform that you're using to build these websites? And then I have a follow up. That's a great question. I am 100% WordPress loyal. Okay. So WordPress is has the most uh, features, is the most robust, is the most um, SEO friendly. W- would you agree with that? I would. I agree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because uh, for our clients, when we're doing search engine optimization for interior designers, WordPress websites are what we recommend. It's really, really difficult to work with Wix and even Squarespace to some extent. So I like that you're working with WordPress. So gold star already. <laughs> Yay. So let's start. Let's just start with the biggest pain point. The biggest one is, let's say, not getting eyes on your website, not getting traction to your website. When you're you have a client that comes to you and says, I'm not getting any clients. What are we looking at? The I'm not getting any clients comment. It's kind of twofold there. So is it because they're not getting traffic or is it because they're getting traffic and they're not converting or are they getting traffic and it's the wrong type of traffic? So, <laughs> um, you know, the big thing is kind of in the beginning when you had said that about them not getting traffic. There's so many different pieces of this, obviously. Um, The first thing I would ask them is just say, you know, what are you doing to bring traffic to your website? And a lot of times it's like, well, I I built my website several years ago and just no one's coming to it. Like, and and it's done and there's nothing there. Like, I don't understand. And so really it's kind of um, understanding that in my brain for my own business and for all of my clients, I say your website should be where 
everything is going. So your social media, any media appearances, conversations, new inquiries, DMs, every single thing should direct them to your website. And then once they're on your website, it should strategically guide them to take action, to reach out to you, to take that first step in exploring becoming a client. You know, first step, I would be like, what are we doing? And they're like, well, I'm you know, if they're not sharing it, um, but also to, you know, if they're looking to really increase traffic, there is, you know, the, the easy answer is like, Oh, SEO, you know, (laughs) but like, really, like, what, what does that really mean? The easy, Um, not easy answer. (laughs) So, um, my biggest, and obviously you all are a pro in this, but you know, my biggest recommendation for SEO is adding regular, relevant and consistent content to their website. And so whether that's going to be in a blog form or whether that's going to be via their portfolio or both, you know, both Mm -hmm. is is definitely, you know, right. (laughs) (laughs) And then how are we optimizing that? And so that really is where I feel like people gain the most traction is when they are adding that regular content, but not just adding it, you know, adding it and then sharing it. So repurposing the portfolio content, repurposing your blog content on your social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, in your email newsletter, you know, are you actually inviting those people to come back to your website? So I want to touch on that a little bit. And I want to back up. So you're, I love that you said you have clients that come to you and like, I built the website, they should just go there which is a common, very common thing. They're like, I built it, the designer built it, it has built in SEO, which you should when you're building a website, that initial launch SEO. They, people should just magically come and find it. But that is such a misnomer that people don't realize that that isn't how that happens. And I love that you mentioned that that it's kind of like, I like to think of a website as the alien mothership. <laughs> yeah. And your social media and your all, all your SEO and your blogs and everything are just everything that you share on your social, on your digital marketing is just bringing them back to that home base to really dig in and, and have a call to action and find you. I love that so much. This is the the misconception. I had a client who was very bewildered that I proposed to her ongoing SEO because they were thinking that once you do the on-page optimization for my website, that's all I'll, I'll ever need. So to your point, part of that ongoing SEO is doing the blogging, updating your metadata, updating your photos, adding to your portfolio, doing off-page, you know, link building and bringing back to yours. There's so much involved there. So um, when you said the easy answer is SEO. (laughs) You guys can see why that's not such an easy answer. But I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, let's say the interior designer has this. So now they're sharing their blogs on social, they're bringing people back to it, they have some kind of client journey on there, but they're not getting their ideal clients from their website, maybe they're getting some tire kickers, or the budget isn't quite right. What are we looking at there? The first place I would go is I would go to look at their website copy and see essentially what are they saying? So no design, no SEO like juice or anything like that. I really want to say, what are we saying? You know, how is your website copy? So the words on your website Mm -hmm. strategically speaking to your ideal client. The question too, I would ask them, I would say, who is your ideal client? Who is it that you want to be working with? Who are these dream projects? You know, the, who is that? And, and to be honest, a lot of times I'll hear like, oh, and I'll hear something real vague. 
And I'm like, okay, (laughs) can I get a little bit more details, like a little bit more information? And, you know, when it is vague or they're like, well, I just want higher end projects or I just want larger projects or I just want to be more profitable, which is great, but we really need to break that down and get specific in you know, who that person is, what are their pain points, what are they struggling with, and then how are you helping them with that? And then knowing all of that, that's not even, that's before we get to the website. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. Once you've got that, and some, I mean, I will say some clients, I'm like, who's your ideal client? They're like, bam, 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 like they know it. And so it's like, okay, great. Now let's look at your website and see, are you speaking to them? Does your website copy speak to them? When they land on your website, do they know oh my goodness, this person is for me. Like they were created to solve (laughs) the problem I have. You know, like you want that like, yes, thank goodness. And then from there, once they, you know, self-qualify themselves, they identify with they're in the right spot and you can help them. What do they do next? You know, where do you want to send them and how do they get in touch with you? How do they start the process? I like that. And there's so much of a similarity with um, how we do the positioning and the the messaging on so far social media services as well. It's the same thing. We have clients come to us and some of us are pow, pow, pow. This is exactly my avatar. This is how, this is what they do for a living. This is how they live. This, And then other clients, I just want higher end. <laughs> so you have to, you really have to winnow that down to a living, breathing, carbon-based kind of ideal life form of who you're speaking to. It makes a, a, a huge difference. And sometimes that's hard to come to as an interior designer, it's, especially if you're newer because you might not have the experience to know who you even like working with yet. What would be an example in your mind of some copy that would be maybe a little bit more vague and a little bit more specific? Vague could be like full service interior design. (laughs) That's pretty vague. (laughs) It it exists out there or, you know, like luxury interior design, you know, or you'll kind of like, I'm thinking of that that one liner when you land on a website, Mm -hmm. but there's other ones that really, I guess it just talks about you and your services, I think is where it's vague, where you're getting specific and it's strategic and ideal is this when you're talking about your ideal client And then how your services are going to support them. So, you know, of course, we're going to need interior design in there. Of course, we're going to need geographical locations. Like all of that is super important. Um, But you also want to connect to those emotions and kind of what you can do for the your ideal client. And it doesn't always have to be, I think some people, they hear this and they're like, I don't want to be negative. Like, I don't want to be like (laughs) doom and gloom. And you don't have to be, you know, you can like be that other part. You can know and have empathy with what they're struggling with. And then you can say, this is how it could be, you know, like you can (laughs) offer that, that very positive way to do it. Be more specific, talking specifically to them, not so much of like, oh, I can help you have a, a beautiful kitchen. Okay, great. But what what is that beautiful kitchen going to provide and offer them? Right. So to provide the pain point and then how you're going to fix it and then how they're going to feel afterwards. I love that. How do you feel or what's your experience been with putting pricing on the website to have some of that messaging about your ideal client? Do you find that more of a negative thing or... I always vote, put your prices on there. Do you? I, okay. I do. I am 100% put some sort of pricing on there. Okay. Um, and also that's going to help your ideal client too, because you're going to have people that are going to come in there and be like, Hey, I've got, you know, $2,000. What can you do? <laughs> you know, like you do not want to waste your time huh. with those types of people. Like, unless you have a service that is in that budget. Sure. I like the pricing on there to 
make the most of your time, mm-hmm. but also make the most of your audience's time. Um, it also gives them an idea, like roundabout budget wise, like, okay, I've got this budget. Okay. Yeah. I can work with this person. Um, or this is what I'm looking at. So that way, when you get on your discovery call or you chat with them for the first time, you're not talking, mm-hmm. you know, oh, budget and money. And this is how, you know, it, kind of the money conversation is already, that's going to be later. Like, okay, great. This is your budget. This is what we can do for you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you've already kind kind of pre-qualified them with saying, putting pricing on the website. Right. Um, I don't necessarily recommend being like, okay, all inclusive, kind of great, you know, or like whatever that is, because it's, it's usually always custom. Sure. So I, typically what I do is I say, you know, different strategies for pricing. It could be starting at or design fees start at or average project investments are mm-hmm. just to kind of give them a little bit of an idea, um, especially if they've never worked with an interior designer, if they're not clear on any of the budgeting and the pricing and the investments on there, Mm -hmm. you give them a little bit, kind of a little taste before you have that conversation with them. I love this for a couple of reasons, but I will play devil's advocate from one aspect because there might be, I'm sure this question is is out there. So I love it in that it's vetting the client before they come to you know that if they're reaching out to you, if they're calling you, that they're going to be some in your price range. That is not going to be as much of an objection. I love that it's going to save you time. You're not going to be doing a whole bunch of discovery calls or appointments when you could be working on the business or doing design or something. My only concern for this, and I'm I'm not saying that I don't believe in putting your prices on the website. I'm actually thinking of doing it for Wingnut. So picking your brain here too, is that you might lose the opportunity to educate a client who would have paid for those services, but just needed a little bit of handholding and a little talking to. But I don't know if we want to do that, right? I think we just know for sure anyone coming in, they're going to be able to afford you. So that's the only thing, but I think the benefits outweigh that. What do you think? Yeah, I love that you brought this up because sometimes I do kind of get like, so on the, you, it's such a great strategy. You've got to do it. Save time, you know? <laughs> um, so I love that you brought that up. So yes. So one way around this. So if you're not putting the pricing on your services page or your contact form, one way around this is to ask a budget or investment question on your form. Yeah. And this could be an open form, like they, or an open field. They can just put in whatever, or you could provide them a ranges. So that. That way, when they get on the call, you can say, oh, I can see your budget is da 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 um, This is what we can do for you, mm-hmm. or this is what's possible. And then, you know, they might have more, and you can tell them what's possible with a little bit more or whatever that is. So I think, you know, definitely that's kind of one option. Um, the other time where I do not advise pricing, and usually this is just for a small season. Um, It's for either the brand new interior designers who are just really trying to get something. (laughs) They want want that first project. They're just trying to get whatever is coming because they're still trying to figure out their niche and their ideal client and really their services and their processes. And they just want to talk to someone and get some work going. So I would say like, if you're not, if you don't have a lot of clients or if it's a really slow season, you're like, what is going on? And you're okay with having more conversations with people who might be less than ideal. Not all of them are going to be less than ideal, but they might be. Take that off, kind of see what happens, see if that changes, you know, people converting and, and moving forward or kind of having those conversations during those seasons. That's true. I mean, you're not locked in forever. You can always take it off or put it back on or do a little bit of A B testing and see how that works. 
This podcast is brought to you in part by Article. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last. For more information, head on over to article.com slash article for trade. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. You know, I had someone reach out to me on Facebook Messenger and they said, do you do full service social media? I thought you were just a podcast. And I'm like, hell yeah, we do. We do done for you full service social media marketing, SEO marketing, digital marketing for interior designers, architects, general contractors and home furnishing manufacturers. And we do a great job at getting you guys seen by your ideal clients in the digital realm, whether that's on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, whether it's on the Googles, if your ideal clients aren't finding you, they ain't hiring you. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out our reviews, our case studies, our testimonials, and our services, and set up a chat. We'd love to help you out. wingnutsocial.com. So you did say that you don't recommend putting everything on there. What if you just want to put, like, say maybe you don't want to say 250000 starting project or house value or I don't know, something like that, but you just put, my consultation is $600 or $500, but you don't put project prices. Do you think that's enough of the pricing to indicate to the client, oh, this is kind of the scale of how, of how they work or do that and project prices? I think it could be either or on there, I'm saying, I would say like, if you're putting like just your flat, like consultation rate or your fee on there, I guess you could, right? I'm like, right. I don't know. I know. Man. I'm thinking in my head too. <laughs> man. And so, and so I'm trying to think, you know, they could do like project investments vary based on scope, you know, is mm-hmm. yeah. fine. Um, but knowing that, that that's a $600 fee <laughs> kind of gives them a little bit of an idea that this is not going to be. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of an inkling, but certainly more powerful to put project pricing starts at. I, I really do like that. So let's talk about copy again. The way that you write your copy to have the correct messaging to reach these ideal clients is super important. But there's also um, a certain amount of copy that you need to have on each page. To, in order to help with search engine optimization. Let's talk about that. And then we'll go into some of the five signs that you have for designers to know it's maybe time to make some changes here. I think SEO wise, like all of the SEO performance tools, they're going to say you have to have at least 300 words. Like that's your bare minimum right. <laughs> on there. But definitely I would say have enough copy to speak to your ideal client, have enough copy to clearly communicate to your audience what you do, who you do it for, maybe your process. So have that on there. Um, but also not too much copy that you're overwhelming and they're not reading it. It's too much copy on there. So there's <laughs> kind of like this, this medium on there where there's some interior designers who they have like two sentences on every page and, and then it's all <laughs> photos. And then there's other interior designers who they have photos, but then they have like just pages and pages and every possible option of working with them and their whole story and everything. And that's just a, a lot of content, <laughs> which it might be good for SEO, you know, all that copy. But, you know, you want to think about your customer experience, mm-hmm. your audience, the experience going through your website as well. I typically recommend like I do a little like 800 word count for it for your pages, for like your primary pages. So like maybe your home, your about uh, services, if you have like sub services pages if you're doing them individually. I'm 
The other thing is also to think about website copy for your portfolio and yes. your project. That was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's really commonly overlooked because people are, or interior designers are, look at these beautiful images and they are, they're stunning. Your prospective client coming to your website has no idea what these images are of. Like, obviously it's a house or located like a, a living room or a living space. They get that and it's beautiful, but what did you do? And why did this client hire you? What was their experience? What was the scope? You know, where was it located? You know, how are they happy? Like, do you have a testimonial in there too? So really telling a story there and having some copy that goes alongside the images. Now I'm not saying that this has to be like an 800 word page, you know, that that does not, um, you know, something kind of short, sweet to the point for those project pages. And then, you know, if you want to take that even further, if you want to dive more into your process or go behind the scenes or do a tour of one of your projects, use that content for your blog. And, you know, those can be longer. Those can, you know, link into each other and from the portfolio and allow people to kind of dive deeper. Um, But for your primary pages, you want to keep it concise, consistent, focused on your ideal client, and then directing them to take action. Would you recommend linking from your portfolio with this like maybe little snippet of story to the blog that goes in depth for an internal link? Would that be a smart idea? Yeah. So I'm actually working on a client right now who is doing the exact same thing. And so she's like, I wrote a blog post for every single portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. And so we are actually linking on, you know, read more about this project or read more about this client's story. And then it would link into that. And then of course, you also want to on that blog post link in to the portfolio page as well. So all of those, <laughs> yep. those internal links are really, really good for SEO as well. Yep, super little tricky SEO tips. Okay, so let's get into what are the five key signs that an interior designer has outgrown their website? Yay. Okay. So the first one, mine, it's funny because it's it's a positive, but it's kind of a, a red flag too. And it's that your business is running almost entirely on referrals or word of mouth. And that's amazing. And it's great for business, but it's also a big red flag that your website is not serving you justice. So yes, you should have referrals and word of mouth and all of that, but your website should be regularly generating leads for you. And so if it's not, if you're not getting those coming in, that is going to be a sign that something is off with your existing website. All right. That's a very, very good one because referrals are important. That's part of the whole synergy of the business. But yeah, that's, that's very telling. What's next? So next is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit already, is um, you are getting leads from your website, but they're wrong. They're less than ideal, right? Yes. Every person that you're talking to is just not right. And so, you know, here (laughs) you, the one tip, kind of the quickest tip that I can offer in that situation is considering adding a little bit more qualifiers to your contact form. You talk to someone, you're like, how in the world did they think that they're a fit? Go visit your website and see if there's anything that like, that, (laughs) you know, is missing or, you know, needs to be added or removed um, that would maybe prevent another person like that that they would be a good fit for you. Got it. I have a, even for Wingnut, but I did for when I was doing a Darla Powell Interiors in Miami, I had a qualifier about project budget. That was very helpful. Definitely for sure. Because it only started at a certain amount. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, what's next? So the next is that your business has evolved a lot. It's growing, it's shifting. Maybe you've made a pivot or you know whatnot. I mean, that's normal in business that happens. Um, but sure. as your business has evolved, your website has not. So your website consider that living, breathing tool. So if your business is evolving, changing, shifting, there's pivots, your website should be evolving right alongside with it. Awesome. And number four? So number four is you are more of a personal, but you avoid sending people to your website. So someone's like, oh, you're, oh, I would love to work with you. Or they DM you. You'd be like, great, here's my email. <laughs> or here's my phone number. You know, like you are just don't send them to my website sort of thing because you have this wonderful reputation. Your work is solid, but you do not want them going to your website because it does not support that. <laughs> because you hate it. Yes. I've, yeah. I've, I've, there's so I've many seen people that. reach out to me. They're like, I hate it. And literally a lot of people will say that too. They're like, I am so embarrassed. I don't even send people to my website anymore. I've taken it off of my email signature just because <laughs> they're like, done. Business is good. Website is terrible. <laughs> That's a very painful sign. What is number five? So five is the last one. And this is, again, more of like that mental kind of sign as well is you've been thinking about it for a while. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, a rebrand, you're like, ah, oh, I really need to do that. Or, ah, oh, I love her website. Oh, I wish I had a website like that. And so it's kind of those, um, I even have some clients who like they've made a Pinterest board already where they're like pinning inspiration. <laughs> and they're like, oh, look at this. That's smart. Like, and they they begin gathering inspiration and so forth. And so really it's just the, the getting it on the calendar, scheduling it, picking out that season in your business where it'd be a good time to go ahead and kind of take the plunge in that. Those are all really, really good tips. And I'm sure that people listening out there had their little twinge in their gut when they're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Okay, so now that we've gone over the basics, and I love what you've provided here, some re really good information. Let's dive in a little bit more into the client journey when they're on your website. So we want to make sure that there's clear flow of what they're expected to do in order to read about you, to work with you, do a call to action, book that call. What are, what are some of the best ways to go about that to make sure that's mapped out correctly? What should they be looking for? The first, and I do this with all of my clients, the first thing is, what's the purpose of our website? Like, what's that primary goal? Majority of the time, it's to either complete their contact form or to complete their contact form to schedule a discovery call, vice versa. So get them on the phone call. Um, so if that is, let's say, your primary call, all of your calls to action should be working towards that goal. So it doesn't necessarily mean someone lands on your website and you'd be like, book a call, you know, like you need to soften it a little bit, you know, teach them a little bit about who you are, qualify them, give them a little bit more information. And so think about that end result first. And then how is every page working towards that? So, you know, the homepage itself, really the goal there is just to get people to click in, to get more information. Um, so maybe go into your services, go to your about page. And um, the other ones like your about page, your services page, all of your portfolio page, all of those should just lead right into that direct call to action of them going to your contact form. And then the other thing too is, you know, a common mistake I'm seeing is, you know, they have a call to action, but it's way at the bottom after all their copy and all their text and all of their images. And so my suggestion here is to put your calls to action, scatter them throughout your copy. So you have a section of copy, you have a design on your website. Okay, great. 
pause before going to that next section, what's the call to action? So if they're ready to work with you or they're ready to take that next step after reading the first paragraph, what should they do? Um, and sometimes it is, you know, keep scrolling you know, to that next section. But most <laughs> yeah. of the time, I always, when we're working together, I'll say, oh, add a call to action. Mm-hmm. Because some people don't need to read everything or see everything to take action. And then some people do like to keep on kind of digesting that information to, and then take action. I'm someone that likes to hover a minute and really research someone before I push a call to action, even if it's for a webinar or a course or anything. I'm just, I'll be right there. I'm ready to click it, but I just kind of need a little bit more of an oomph. And you know what I find very effective, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is when there's just that extra testimonial or client testimonial or working with Darla has been amazing. And I'll be like, you know what? Okay, let me do click that. How Do, do you find that to be an effective uh, content technique or tactic to put on there next to the call to action to have testimonials or some more backup? I think that's a great strategy. And actually okay. one, so aside from like, I definitely the old school way of like having one testimonials page with all of your testimonials, no one really went to a red. Um, now yeah. it's a lot more strategic to, you know, you have your website copy under those sections, put a testimonial that supports what you just said. So exactly. you're saying it. Now you have a client who's worked with you that's saying the same thing in their words. Um, so yes, mm-hmm. 100%, I absolutely recommend scattering strategic testimonials throughout to support your copy and to support those calls to action. Yeah, I think that's extraordinarily powerful because some people might not go to the case studies or the testimonials, but if you have it next to that call to action, I, I, I think you're going to get a higher conversion rate for sure. So Katie O'Brien, last but not least, before we get into the what up winged round, I just want to get your thoughts on lead magnets. I know this could be a whole separate show, but this is kind of part of that journey, right? And nurturing that call to action. If that brilliant testimonial or that client journey on your website just haven't quite pushed them over the edge, tell me what you recommend for lead magnets and then we will move into the fire round. Yes. So my rule of thumb with lead magnets is to keep it a quick win that's valuable to your client and it helps them move closer to taking that step into working with you. Um, so especially when you have like higher end services, most people are not going to be ready to work with you or sometimes even reach out the first time they visit your website. So having a lead magnet that provides them some sort of value of, you know, how to get ready to work with an interior designer or how to get ready for mm-hmm. your remodel project or what it's like to work with an interior designer or anything that kind of preps them a little bit, gives them valuable information, also teaches them a little bit more about you, your business, your style, your personality, gets them on your email list. So then you can regularly stay in contact with them. Um, I think it's super valuable. I should probably mention what a lead magnet is because there might be, <laughs> I'm just like, everybody knows what a lead magnet is. It's it's that little something on your website that where they click to get the more information if it's a download or if it's like a little quiz or some extra bit of free information, like you said, the quick win. And then they give you their email address and you can follow that up with an email campaign, a drip campaign, which would be a different show. <laughs> Katie O'Brien, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Yes. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I need a couple, but I would say mom, wife, lover. <laughs> nice. No, wait a minute. Let me back up on my lover. Oh, hey I now. I did that right after wife. <laughs> wow. All right now. So Not too late. That's it. Lover of 
people. <laughs> so <laughs> lover of others and providing love. Wow. Okay. Sure, sure, Katie. Clearly, I did not prep that question well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's okay. Great. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What's it going to be? Tacos. Oh, good one. Yeah. I like it. Any beef, chicken? What What are we working so with? So I actually don't eat meat, but I'm, oh, I, cool. well, I, eat, I eat seafood, so I don't consider that meat though. Um, a so, pescatarian. Yes. So I, anything, taco, I just, I would have taco night every night if I could. My kids are like, really? Again? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious to me. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either professionally or personally. Professionally, I would definitely recommend Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Read it Excellent. a couple times and my notes are all over the pages and I'm always getting things, you know, tidbits of, oh, <laughs> got to do that. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> that is awesome. That That is a terrific book. I actually, in the green room, we were discussing that and uh, I need to revisit that. It's it's wonderful. They have a, you know, a great podcast too. Gosh, I cannot remember. If you look at Building a Story Brand Podcast, you'll find it in Google. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, it's a really good podcast on branding and marketing. So Katie O'Brien, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you, and then we will call it a day. Yes, they can, of course, visit my website at katieobrien.com. Well, that's easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. So how's your website? Are you that designer who is out there saying, no, please don't look at my website, anything but <laughs> here's a business card. Look at my Instagram. Here's some interpretive dance. Just whatever you do, don't look at my website. Well, if that is you, I'm thinking that's a pretty good sign that it's time to take the plunge and take a look at that bad boy and hire a professional to redo your website. One of the biggest takeaways here for you that I'm thinking for designers architects is on the portfolio page to make sure that you have some relevant storytelling copy for SEO purposes and for that client journey and to click that link to the blog about that project and vice versa. And that's super helpful. And that helps to create a healthy website. Lead magnets as well to collect that information. The whole client journey. She had a, a lot of advice for us today. And if you need uh, some more information about Katie O'Brien, that's katieobrien.com. O'Brien with an E-N, not a A-N. So be sure to go and check that out. And thank you for joining us again. Make sure to head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out the webinar that's coming up on April the 24th at uh, 11 a.m. I'm sure the information's on there at the time this is airing. And uh, Wingnut Academy, any minute now. We're so excited. <laughs> okay, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Trying to wake up. Oh, volume levels. Why can't I hear myself? Because I'm not talking into the microphone. You know, I had someone reach out to me on Messenger the other day and, and was... <laughs> I don't know how I do. You know what I like? I love making silly faces in mirrors. I don't know why it is. It's clearly a brain deficit. You know, I had a friend reach out to me on Messenger. Uh, who am I kidding? I don't have friends. We've really divin it. Di dove into a bunch of uh, great topics here. I love that divin. Divin, divin into it. <laughs>
<laughs> We've done been divined. <laughs> My West Virginia is coming out. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. Good boy, Mango.